9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome to a very special Just for Laughs edition of the Go Plug Yourself podcast. Remember, if you like this episode, uh, be sure to like and subscribe uh, to the Go Plug Yourself podcast and take a look through our archives. We have all kinds of funny episodes with very funny people like uh, Mike Ward, Mike Patterson, uh, Sugar Sammy, Dave Merhej, Big J Okerson, Sean Majumder, a million other comedians that I'm probably forgetting about. But on today's episode, we sit down and uh, I assume sit down. It was a phone interview, so maybe... Uh, uh, maybe Kyle was standing. We sit down with Kyle Brownrigg, who was a uh, finalist on Sirius XM's top comedy uh, competition. Uh, he was selected as one of Canada's homegrown comics for Just for Laughs. Uh, he's already been on Comedy Network, CTV, CBC Gem, uh, CBC's Halifax Comedy Festival. He's been all over the place. Kyle Brownrigg is amazing. We talk a bunch about uh, bad movies. Um, He's certainly definitely someone you don't want to miss at the Just for Last Festival. Uh, He's going to be performing live at a show you can buy tickets to on July 30th at Last Stral. So uh, check that out for sure. And also be sure to check out Kyle's uh, podcast called Best Actress, which is we also talk a little bit about in the show. Um, this is a great episode, everybody. Uh, Just for Laughs is back. Live comedy is back. Uh, yeah, enjoy the show. Go plug yourself. You plug and mother plugger. Go plug yourself. You plug and mother plugger. Go plug yourself. Go plug yourself, go plug yourself, go plug yourself, podcast. How are you doing, mate? I am good. How are you? <laughs> You're good. It's, uh, yeah, it, it, that, that's my, my general first question talking to any comedian in the last year and a half. <laughs> How are you doing, right? <laughs> Not well is the correct answer, but (laughs) most exactly most most of them yeah have have the same answer. Not well, but like starting to be uh, optimistic. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh, your name is Keith, right? Keith. Yeah, that's right. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's uh yeah been a been a super weird time. I was like um since we, we do the the podcast out of Montreal, we usually have a ton of festival stuff all the time. That all stopped in 2020 so now all of a sudden like two or three months ago we start getting oh media in- invites and whatever else and like this is happening and that's happening and i was like i was not prepared for even on like the media side of things to be like oh yeah stuff is happening again so it's a little overwhelming i think I <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. so used to just sitting at home watching binging television shows and doing nothing I mean, I think we need to be, like, so honest about it. Like, I think that we all need to admit that we were literally all sitting on our ass getting stoned watching Downton Abbey for a year and a half. Like, we all need to admit it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, and, like, I, I, the exact my, – my wife and I used to have, like, we're like, we'd look at a TV show, and if it only had, like, eight episodes, we're like, that's not enough. We're like, you look yeah, at right, the episode yeah, right. time, you're like, 40 episodes? <laughs> that, that's for us. We don't want to get into a show that only has one season. That's not what's happening. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. everybody who sat there and was so so productive, I was like, you're lying. <laughs> okay, fine, let's talk about this. So what, what show were you really into during the pandemic? Um, the show that hooked us, but then kind of filtered off was Handmaid's Tale. Uh, what season did you get to? We got to the, season, I guess, spoilers for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> I think the second to last season, when she like gave up the baby and then went back, we're like, now what are you doing? 
Like, <laughs> yeah, that's where I I dropped off there as well. I haven't seen anything more than that, so no spoilers. But yeah, because I literally was like this bitch. So yeah. I, just, I yeah, that was my drop off for sure. And and I mean, and I also as a uh, I guess if I want to get like uh, if I want to get like a literary purist or whatever, only the first season is based on the Margaret Atwood original text. So I'm like after this, I'm like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you know they actually made a movie um with Faye Dunaway and that bitch from Downton Abbey, the like American woman with the blue eyes. She was actually an Oscar nominee. Um anyway, they made a a a handmade tale handmaid's tale movie in like nineteen ninety. I heard I heard about it and I like I did like a cursory internet check when we were like into Handmaid's Tale and it did not look great so I kind of avoided it. I don't know if you have you watched it. I know the uh, best actress. I was like, we'll get the plug in there too. Your your podcast. You just mentioned oh, Faye yeah. Dunaway. So I was yeah. like, I was like, oh man. I was like, uh, but we did be an expert here. Yeah, I know. I saw it. So we I, did hers. We did some <laughs> Faye Dunaway. We did Network 1976. We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> mm. Did you see it? Did you see the uh, the 1990s Handmaid's Tale? Was it was it? I haven't any watched good? it. I did watch the trailer. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I only watch old movies if they're nominated for something. Because <laughs> if I like, because generally speaking, if it was worth watching, I would have already watched it. Kind of situation. And That's I not hate... always true, though. <laughs> well, listen in my in my realm of generalizations, it. Let's yeah. just go with it. Uh, but yeah, no, I I'm obsessed. I, I I actually am obsessed with like old movies. Um, for my special that I'm going to do, uh, just for laughs at the end of the month, I'm actually um going for a full Donald Draper Mad Men 1960s like vibe, oh. and I'm gonna like my walk-in music is like um oh my gosh. So for the special, it's so funny. They literally were like, hey, like pick your music that you want to walk on to, but it's all like royalty free <laughs> Canadian music. So it's very much like okay, so it's a catalogue of polka music or oh, wow. swing music or yeah. um jazz or, you know, all of these things. And anyway, I picked this song where it's very like old Hollywood retro, like nineteen sixties, like I Love Lucy kind of sounding. So like everything that I'm doing is retro. So anyway, everything that I just said, I'm just basically completely um, contradicting because I actually do <laughs> organically watch old movies for fun. But um, <laughs> if they're nominated for an Oscar, then I have a podcast about it. That's keep up, Keith. Exactly, got it. I'm with it. And I was gonna say like there, there's such a I think like obsession with like retro stuff. I'm mean, like Mad Men was obviously I think maybe like the peak of it, but even with like Wandavision and stuff. Like had had the throwback. Did you to the watch old all of that? Did you watch that? I, we did, and then it also had the the, the drop off point where it was like really really interesting mm-hmm. and fun when it was going through like the sixties and the seventies and even like the eighties and like the nineties episode they did it like Malcolm in the Middle and then the last two oh. episodes they're like oh no this is a Marvel thing and now people are flying around shooting lasers and I was like this is less fun like <laughs> whatever <laughs> happened to Malcolm in the Middle you know that was his moment and then that was it he is gone. Well, uh, he did. I've 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 read about this. <laughs> but, um, he had like he just it was like a decision. It wasn't a uh, a flame out whatever. He was like, I have more money than I ever need from Malcolm in the Middle, and I'm gonna like become like a an semi professional car racer. So he uh, he's he's done like a couple cameos oh, yeah. here and there, but it was okay. really I think it was one of those like 
I was a child star. Hollywood is kind of awful. Yeah. And yeah. I, I made more money than a normal person needs. So I'm just going to do my passion, which is, I guess, drive around and race cars and stuff. So like it was a very, it was a conscious, conscious drop off. It wasn't like he, he wasn't like uh, one of those kids from Mighty Ducks or whatever that like ended up in jail. <laughs> the entire team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very interesting because honestly, yeah, I I often wonder. I'm like, what the hell happened to him? Because he was so famous, and then yeah. that was it. And then he's and then he's done. I mean, frankly, I actually quit my acting agent literally two weeks ago because I find <clears throat> the way that if you're an LGBTQ person in acting, you get reduced down to the most offensive stereotype or um, what straight people call fine. And what I mean by that is it's like your directors are all straight telling you how to be a gay person. Oh, wow. That sounds yeah. super fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I quit my acting agent. Like two, I was like, girl, I You're can't. You're just like, I do it gayer, says a straight exactly. white man behind the yeah. director. <laughs> You're like, mm. Exactly. <laughs> I, had this, I had this one audition and I can't say what it was for because it was Marshall's. And there was uh, this, uh, the the commercial was the only line was girl, but wow. we um, had to show up to the audition and we had to be like girl like that, <laughs> and I was like okay, <laughs> so like you know there's more to the community than literally just girl. Yeah. And, and then I had this guy, this like straight guy director that was just directing me, and he was like, say it more like bro, but like girl, and I was like Kevin. <laughs> Are you directing me right now on how to be gay? I don't go to your house and teach you how to be emotionally unavailable to your children. So why don't we just stay in our lanes? Why don't we yeah. just stay in our lanes? <laughs> it, it's 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 so crazy. We I was literally having a very similar conversation. Uh, not not even about acting, but uh, one of the co-hosts on Go Plug Yourself, also featured on JFL, uh, Ines Anaya. Uh, her and her girlfriend. She's uh, Ines is a little more femme. Girlfriend Amanda McQueen, a little more masculine, mm-hmm. like that's that. But they were like, how often if one of them can't make a show, a booker will just call the other one. And they're like, we're very different. Like we're both lesbians, but like we're not interchangeable. <laughs> you know, like it, it's there's like that oh, notion, sure. that notion of you're like, and I need someone from the LGBTQ community move down the list until someone yeah. says yes. And now I've like fulfilled my booking obligation. And I'm 100 percent. Yeah, absolutely. Which I mean. Obviously is the worst, but at least there's a checkbox now. I like I'm I'm a, a glass half full kind of guy where I was like at least that is now in entering like you're saying even the commercial whatever. Not great, we're not there, not mission accomplished by any means, but the fact that there's like bookers are like, Oh, someone from the LGBTQ uh, LGBTQ community should be on the show is a big difference from even like ten, fifteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess like, so, but that's a that's a poor attitude because you're saying like, well, you should appreciate the little. No, I'm not. I'm get. saying <laughs> I, I'm not saying you should appreciate it. I'm saying demand more, demand better. But I'm saying that like there is at least a sense of some forward mobility. Like I'm not saying you should. Yeah. No one should accept it, right? Like let's, they shouldn't accept let's, both. But let's fast but. forward then and like get to the future. Let's like you yeah. know what I mean? Like because we, because LGBTQ people are already there. So it's yeah, like, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, let's get some more LGBTQ writers, more LGBTQ producers, directors, whatever. Like, yeah. let's get there. You know what I mean? Oh, I, like I said, fully, fully agree, fully support all of that. But at, at the same time, like I said, it's, it's, I, I, I always, I mean, like, I, like I, I, when you talk to your dad, my dad's in his 70s, 
seventies and whatnot, where it, it's still a those people and, right. and and whatever else. You know, you know what I mean. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I was like, put put more uh, LGBTQ content in front of our old parents, and and it'll normalize and let's stop being a thing. Sure. <laughs> you know, like, like that's what I'm saying. Is like every every time, like I'm gonna go out and obviously I love watching all comedy from anybody. But then there's people who are like, I only watch the galas or whatever the heck it is, like the most plain kind of boring or not boring. Safe, <laughs> here I go. Yeah, trash trash, trash talking headliner. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We we fully lean into all the alt comics. That's that's our, our complete vibe. I don't think we've ever had any any gala guys on the show, so sure, it's fine. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, but it's like it's like who who cares about the same jokes that have been happening in the nineties? Like listen to new voices, listen to uh people people of color, listen to LGBTQ comedians, like they're they're like the old jokes of like my girlfriend, whatever. Who cares? Like it's Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, well, we I, have I, a little bit of a revolution going on in comedy right now because that's actually kind of a thing because people um, bitched just enough for things to start changing. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people are um, getting specials and a lot of people are doing galas and a lot of people are like being booked on festivals and stuff like that. And it's very much like, um, you know, uh, it's a lot more culturally diverse. It's more sexually diverse. It's more uh, gender. Well, I mean, genderly, I mean, is that a verb? Sure it is. Uh, yeah. Is, uh, you know, in terms of trans comics, there aren't a ton. But, you know, uh, if if they are uh, present, then they will definitely have their voice uplifted. But the point is, is that, yeah, I think right now comedy uh, is, is becoming extremely diverse. What I love is that straight white guy that's always like, Oh my God, we get it. You're gay. Like, talk about <laughs> something else. It's like you have nine Fast and the Furious movies. Let's call it even. Like, you know, like. I mean, ten. There's a spinoff. There's a- oh, <laughs> there's ten now. Okay. There's the there's the the Rock and Jason Statham uh, movie that is in the in the universe. So it's nine numbered Fast and the Furious, and oh. and one spinoff. If we were Magot. Like, <laughs> the reason I'm my up on this. Mistake. Yeah, I know. The reason we were up on this is we were watching montages uh, of every time they say bro in Fast and the Furious, which is just a hilarious mashup of like three minutes long of just people being like, bro, 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 bro. <laughs> like, and it's just like, you're like, oh, my God, this is the worst film ever. <laughs> like 80% of your dialogue ends with bro at the end of the line. Especially like the early ones, because it was like early, like late 90s, early 2000s and, and stuff. It, it's it's trash, but yeah, exactly. Okay, so this. how about this? Like, I think you're about to throw up in your mouth because I'm going to tell you that I've only seen the first one. Oh, it's uh, the first one's probably the like the most like a real movie. They just get oh wow, yeah, just, well, they yeah. just get crazier, right? As as everything goes, and they become like a parody unto themselves, and now they're they're superheroes. Like it, it's Fast and the Furious is but very you can't much tell a, me, but you can't tell me what it is because it's like that hatch in Lost. It's like once you know what's in the hatch, it's much less interesting. So in my mind, they're like superheroes and they have like superhero cars and like, I yeah. guess, yeah. I mean, my you're right. You're... Was, the, was the first movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. You're, but you're accurate. What you just said, it's accurate. I, mean, I haven't seen the latest, but my understanding is they go to space in cars. 
Shut the fuck up, because <laughs> can I swear on this? Are we swearing? I'm swearing. Yes, you can um, definitely swear. <laughs> but literally, okay, yeah, I'm picturing like an AVP, Alien versus Predators situation. Why did I preface it with the uh, uh, abbreviation? I just said, I've said the understood abbreviation, versus... <laughs> AVP. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's an Alien versus Predator, or like Freddy versus Jason in space. Like there's this. And then yeah. now it's like Fast and the Furious in space. Like exactly. I totally see that happening. Like uh, you, you seem to have an appreciation for um, good old movies, uh, whereas I veer the other way. And I, wa- I watch like I'll watch any bad old horror film. Like obviously, oh, pre- yeah. pre- pre- prefer. What's John- your favorite old horror film? Well, my favorite is difficult. Uh, most recently viewed was uh, we watched Pledge Night like two days ago, which was a film that I somehow was unaware of, despite it being completely amazing and has like an original soundtrack by Anthrax. And like, oh, it's, it, it's like a it, it's somehow, and which I was like, as a horror kind of like self-professed horror buff, had no idea how I had never seen it. All of the kills are like fantastic it's all frat boy nonsense like the the killer shoves a cherry bomb up one of the guy's asses and his ass explodes and all that stuff like you're like (laughs) (laughs) as a gay man i can relate to that it was it was fantastic but yeah but on the horror movie genres to your point like yeah you know that like the genre has been like like or the the series has been stretched as thin as possible when the next step is in space like oh sure I, i which i always just imagine the exact same scenario playing out in a writer's room somewhere, which is just like a bunch of guys in the eighties or whatever, just like doing lines of Coke. And one of them's like, what if we do it again? In space. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and everyone's like, perfect, go to lunch. And they're just like, we I feel like we're still talking movies. about the Fast and the Furious. Like I'm mostly focusing on the Fast and the Furious right <laughs> probably, now. Probably the exact same process happened. Did it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah. That. Yeah, no, it would be, it'd be like, I'm, I'm sure that as soon as you're like, who's sitting around as a writer, um, happy with the fact that they've written a car chase franchise into space. Like, I mean, <laughs> unless you're, unless you're very self-aware, like if you're very self-aware, wait, 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 but like, are we joking? Is this for real? Are they yeah. actually going to space or is this a joke? No, this is real. I mean, what? I, yeah, they're apparently they're in in nine. They end up in space in cars. No. Yeah. Okay, Keith, you need to stop lying to me right now because <laughs> this cannot be possible. What do you mean? I thought I don't, we were. I thought we were doing a thing. I thought we were. Doing I a wish joke. we were kind of, but like <laughs> I I like I heard a radio spot the other day where it's like literally you hear Ludacris or whatever being like, "Are we in space?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> Definitely like, not aware. <laughs> Maybe he fell asleep and woke up in the backseat of Mustang <laughs> in space. I yeah, exactly. That and I was like, oh, I have to see this movie. <laughs> Just if if a movie promises, well, now to be I need to see this movie. This sounds yeah. ridiculous. I need to see this movie. Yeah. If, if if like the hype of a movie is like gets to the complete insanity levels, I like I have to see it. Like it was the same thing with like when Snakes on a Plane came out. I was like, how am I not? I'm not not gonna go see Snakes on a Plane. Sure, and then it wasn't but, crazy enough. Like, uh, well, I have to agree with you, but I remember um, the good wife was the flight attendant there. What's her face? Uh, I can't remember her name. You know what I'm talking about? I have a podcast. Listen. Yeah. And then um, what was that song where it was like, ooh, I'm ready for it. You're, you're talking about Cobra Starship, which oh, was uh, yeah. an early 2000s like emo pop punk super band. 
with uh, gym class heroes and a bunch of people that you've never heard of before. Um, and I think Pete Wentz was in the video or something. He, like he he was he was yes, yeah. but like very very briefly. And yeah, it was Daniel like a cameo. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, the song was great. But yeah, but the hype of Snakes on a Plane, I was like led to believe that it was going to be complete insanity, and then it was just like eh. it was like a normal action movie with a weird premise. Like that was yeah yeah. Uh, I, but I, yeah. I was ready for like zero G, like the plane flips over and snakes are flying everywhere, and like that was I was like. I was like, give me the complete, like, your concept is insane. Everything needs to be, like, cranked up to 11. No bad ideas. Like, that's, <laughs> that's how well, you write Samuel snakes on Jackson. a plane. Wait, but don't forget Samuel Jackson, who is an Oscar nominee for Pulp Fiction, uh, was in that movie Deep Blue Sea where he had that big, like, momentous speech and then he got eaten by a shark. And I remember watching this movie and thinking, like, there's a lot of celebrities in this fucking stupid movie. <laughs> and um, it actually wasn't that bad. Like, it wasn't that great, but it was, like, yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. It was pretty uh, bad. Yeah. What, what, what was that movie? Now, now we're just talking about old crappy movies, which is very on brand <laughs> for the show, so don't don't, don't worry. Uh, where, oh, there was that movie, Stealth. Um, that was one of those movies where, it, like, it, I feel like it ruined certain careers. It was... Uh, Health? Yes. Uh, Jessica Biel and Jamie Foxx are in it. Uh, and well, but it Jessica was like Biel, it, you've already lost me. <laughs> well, yeah, but, like, yeah, Josh Lucas, Jessica Biel, and Jamie Foxx are, like, the stars. And it was, like, I think it was, like, filmed before Ray. <laughs> so, like... Uh, <laughs> the Oscar-winning movie Ray is that what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. That's it. So it was like it was a very much a like I think it really knocked Jamie Foxx down a couple notches. Like it's it's a it's a stealth plane that has an evil AI, and at one point the line which just killed me uh, is as one of its like acts of AI evil, it downloads all the MP3s from the internet, so it commits, <laughs> it commits mass music piracy. As an AI stealth oh, I plane, that. and I was like, and, and Jamie Foxx needs to react to this. Like, it's a really big deal. So he won an Oscar and then did that. Yeah, exactly. But I'm I'm fairly sure it, like, recorded in like they taped, they filmed in opposite order, right? So it was just sort of like he did this movie before Ray. It was probably shelved because it was crap. Then he an Oscar <laughs> came out, and then the studio was like, we have a finished movie with Jamie Foxx in it. It'll make money. And then, like, released it after the fact and then was awful. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking it up right now. So uh, it was described as the film was a critical and box office failure, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, grossing $79 million worldwide uh, of a budget of $135 million. Yeah. So it didn't even break even. <laughs> it didn't didn't even break even. And uh and, and one of the, the greatest moments I mean if you're looking at the Wikipedia it's right there, is that like it ends on a cliffhanger as though they were gonna make another one. Like oh the, 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 the 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 plane's like AI system like reboots uh in like a post credit sequence and you're like, Nope, never again. <laughs> we're never making <laughs> We're not I, making this movie at all. Action movie. Like do you remember the Tomb Raider series? They were so bad, and I want another with Angelina Jolie. Like, suck me up with some Tomb Raider. Like, let's do it. I did love they reboot it? They rebooted the no. video game. <laughs> uh, well, they did. They did it with um, uh, Alice, Alicia Vikander. 
um, is her name, and she won an Oscar for The Danish Girl, and then they decided to, like, reboot um, Tomb Raider. But in Tomb Raider, they went the route of she only has, like, a bow and arrow, and she's on, like, a deserted island, and she has to figure out, like, you know, she doesn't have the guns, for example, and I don't think that she has the tits in this movie either. And yeah. uh, although I don't think that Angelina Jolie had the tits either, but did she? I don't know. No, I think I she mean, did. I think it was. I, I think it was post on. post post uh, boob job, I believe. But she I didn't was, have a boob job. I think it was like like that. She definitely like had a, a fake job. bra or something. Like I do, because I know that she's she doesn't have. I know that she doesn't have big boobies. Uh, Angelina Jolie specifically. Actually, she had a double mastectomy because I think she had cancer. Oh. Uh, and now we're really excited to talk about Tomb Raider after hearing about cancer. Listen, <laughs> and um, in the new Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider or whatever, she doesn't have any of her resources. It's actually, um, it's not a bad movie, but it's not really great. But yeah. there is like an actual literal tomb and she goes in and raids it, as opposed to the other movies where it's like these crazy, crazy action stories. But yeah. like in the new Alicia Vikander reboot, she actually raids a tomb, which I think is, you know, pretty honest to the brand. <laughs> For what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even the video, the video games. I think like the first, the first game. I'm thinking like back to the '90s and playing it in like my basement at my parents' house. Like the first game, you you're in a series of tombs, and then by like the second or third game, yeah, you're like riding a jet ski through the streets of Venice, like shooting machine guns <laughs> yes. and everything. And you're like, what's going on? I loved Tomb Raider 2. That was my favorite for <laughs> PS1. That was my favorite game. And I never actually enjoyed playing the narrative of the actual game. I liked going to her mansion because there were all of those secrets, time <laughs> challenges, and like little statues that you could get and like all of the... I also like, how how quickly church. can I flip around on the chandeliers and stuff? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Hundred percent. But listen, if you like did all of these things, it's like if you like if you had a game shark, you could like unlock like everything and all of the weapons, so like you could just go through the game with like a bazooka. Like it was. <laughs> I love Tomb Raider Two. Was that was that was my shit. That was my favorite game. Yeah, I definitely played the, the like I said, I played the first three. I think on PS One, pretty devoutly. I I had uh, Tomb Raider One. I was obsessed with to the point where I was like stuck on a level. And was like couldn't find the way out or whatever else. And I re- like this is a vivid, vivid memory for me because, like, I saw a passageway in a dream. <laughs> like I had a dream and was like, yes! oh my god, there's a little like oh, there's a hole that you can crawl through. And I remember I was like I don't know like 14 or 15 or whatever, and like like woke up four <laughs> o'clock in the morning, like ran, turned it on, and was like, is it really there? And it was. So my subconscious, like, and I was like, that's the way out. And like, yeah, it, it yeah. was like an absurd, like super vivid memory where I was like, I was like, I need to know, was that, was that real? And yeah, my subconscious <laughs> noticed something that I had been like wandering around all afternoon in this cave or whatever. And my subconscious was like, there's a hole there. And I was like, neat. Uh, <laughs> or was uh, it all a dream? Exactly. That's it. I, I, but like, like I said, I, I remember just like physically like waking up, like heart pounding to be like, was that real? And like had to immediately go and then wait like five minutes because PlayStation one loading time. And it was like, it. <laughs> just waiting for the spinning was like, is it really there? Run to the corner. And it was, it was the best. Uh, <laughs> that was an amazing game. I love that game. <laughs> um, we haven't gotten to any of the questions that I even prepared, which is, which is, which is fine. Uh, but the, <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I did want to mention, uh, because I, I had, Oh my God, now I blanked on her name and I did an interview with her two years ago. But anyway, uh, 
repeatedly. Like a huge fan. Um, <laughs> I am. The worst part is I, I really was. Oh, Jen. What? Jen. I love the past tense. <laughs> it's hard now. Like, it's, I haven't seen live, I haven't seen live comedy in, well, I was going to say not in person, but I haven't seen live comedy outside of local Montreal comics in person in like yeah. two years nearly. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to be like, am I still a fan? And also <laughs> on that note, it's like, it's not to say tricky, but it's like, if you haven't really like looked up someone that you're a fan of in a year or two, it's hard to say I'm definitely a fan of them. Cause you don't know if like, say during the election, they came out like supporting Trump <laughs> or something. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so you're like, you, you always have to like cover your bases. Like I, I forget who it was, but I was like, Oh, like he's like pretty great. And they were just sort of like, Oh no, he, he supports Trump. And I was like, Oh, like, I guess I'm not a fan anymore. Yeah. You're like, I can't follow you. I cannot follow you further. Like, you're, yeah, exactly. You're journeying so. in your path and I can't go down your path anymore. I totally know. I get it. Like sometimes, like I have a couple of comics in Toronto where I'm really like, I think the new Trump is anti-vax. Yeah. <laughs> where that somebody will just like be very anti-vax and you're just like, oh my gosh, like I hate you yeah science and you hate the science so yeah like listen i can forgive um because i'm not a very religious person but i believe in religious freedom and i want everybody to be as religious if they choose to be mm-hmm. i can follow that person okay but when you're an anti-vaxxer you know we're yeah. like never i just honey like that's it like we're done like we're done we're done I- I, w- I would raise the bar on anti-vax and go even just to like anti-mask. Yes, like yeah, because I was like, because I was like, vac- vaccination. I I I agree, you're an idiot if <laughs> you don't get vaccinated. But I'm like, there there is like, well, there, I'm dating, a, I va- I'm ga- I'm dating a medical chief liaison who literally <laughs> does like I mean like I'm just saying that like um he makes a lot of money so I never have to work. But what I'm saying <laughs> is. Like, I have been extremely educated from a scientist yeah. of how it all works, where I'm literally like, if you are, like, anti-vax, you are um, stupid. I'm just going to yeah. say stupid. Oh, yeah. I, like I said, fully, fully agree. But I'm saying that, like, I can understand the apprehension of, like, an injection, just in general. Like, I can get my head around that. I'm like, you're an idiot. Suck it up. Do it. Don't. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But then, like, anti-mask... Oh, we're not defending... Oh, you can't defend it. You're, listen, I hear you now. You're defending them. You cannot defend an act in anti No, I'm just saying, I can, I can understand the apprehension. I'm saying, can, like, figure your shit out and get a vaccine. That's, like... It, it's, like, one of those things where, like, a, a kid who's, like, scared to go to school, you're, like, you're going to school. But, like, I can understand why the kid is... <laughs> like, I can understand yeah. why the little kid is scared. Yeah. You're going to meet a bunch of new people, but you do it anyway. That's, like... But, like I said, I can at least understand it. The mask thing, I can't even understand. Where you're, like... When asked for what you could do to maybe protect society, you said, I will do nothing. I won't even put a piece of cloth on my face. (laughs) You know, like nothing invasive about it. Nothing like you're not getting injected. So even if you're an idiot who doesn't understand science, you're like, put a piece of cloth on your face. You're like, rather not. I don't want to protect my neighbor, period. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, so yeah, the mask mask somehow blows my mind even more than the anti-vax. Because like I said, there is something's going into you. There is a... I guess that I think an apprehension that I can understand. As I said, do it. No, but obviously, did you get a cold? Did you get a cold? Like the the common cold? Like literally at any point during this pandemic, where we all had to wear masks, we all had to no. Masks, it it was had, no one got sick. No, it was one, the, which is literally it was, just proof 
that it worked. They they stopped giving the guy. We saw the the, the stats or whatever. It was like a, a Twitter conversation I was having with uh, with Trana Wintour, uh, where she was like, "Who's gotten the flu?" And I was like, "We found the stats that like Quebec stopped." giving the real flu vaccine they just like canceled the program because in the entire flu season (laughs) there were 10 like 10 people who went to the hospital with the normal flu period yeah whereas like usually it's in like the hundreds if not thousands like like anyone with respiratory issues get the flu they go to the hospital there was like counting comp like mitigating complication factors 10 people in quebec went to the hospital with the normal flu so it was like, yeah, like, and like my wife, uh, she has, um, like chronic bronchitis and asthma and whatever else. So she's like, she would, was wearing a mask before any of this happened. Cause she's like, sure. I just the subway is like people coughing on you and everything else. But yeah, right. I hope I, one of my, my, my sincere hopes is that somehow like mask culture gets kind of like normalized, even post this where we realize, yeah, you know what? Cause if you have a cold and you wear a mask, you're not getting everyone on the subway sick. You know, like right. you're keeping it in yourself, and it's not going to make you more sick. It's just not going to get us sick. Like, hundred uh, percent. No, I got it. But anyway, nobody got sick at all during like this entire yeah. pandemic. And, and then when stuff like, is opening up, everyone hurt. I know is getting the cold now. <laughs> like, yeah, like sure. Oh well, yeah, Quebec, yeah like you know. so many um. people are now like <laughs> catching colds and getting whatever. I'm like, yeah, because you're touching children again and like, <laughs> like, you know like your niece and nephew gave you a hug and they were at school and like now you're sick uh, no, but listen keith let me ask you a question so this is a podcast radio interview for yeah. an english-speaking market in quebec i gotta be honest with you i i don't like how big is your audience because i feel like people hate english people in quebec <laughs> well i feel like that's a thing yeah we do, we do like honestly. Well, we have the uh, the advantage of we've been doing it like nearly a decade. We were like first, so like we've just like stuck around. I would say I would say it's a really really hard market to break into. Like everyone else I know that's like started a podcast has like abandoned it, but because we've we've been around for about ten years, we do a few a few thousand downloads a month. Like genuinely, it's which which given the fact that we're an English language podcast based out of Montreal, focused on Montreal stuff, I'm like. Multiply that by like 10 if I was in Toronto is what I like to imagine. <laughs> so, uh, and like I said, we have a, our, our co-hosts, we have like Walter J. Ling, Ines Anaya, Chris Vendito, Lawrence Korber, who also kind of have their own fans as comedians. So they, mm. they pull in some clout. Uh, but yeah, it, it is like an uphill battle all the time to be like, oh, like I, I know uh, one of the guys from like Trois uh, uh or talk to Mike Ward or whatever, and their numbers are just like killing and they can do like a, a live tour of people coming out to their podcast. I'm like, like we do a live show and like, you know, we can put 50 people in the chairs, you know, and we're like, cool, you know, English language podcast. But it's the same thing as English language comedy in Montreal. Like it, it's so crazy sure. because there's like, there used to be two <laughs> now, now works is closed. And so there's like, there's comedy nest as the main uh, yep. comedy club and then there's like yep. alt shows that kind of like pop up all around and everybody I've only kind performed of... a comedy that's once for yeah. just for laughs it's a good space it's a good space i'm like no knock on it but versus there's multiple comedy clubs in like most other cities or major cities besides montreal like, right. but and but then you look at say le bordel which is a french comedy club that mike ward runs and it's like packed every single night like regardless of who's on people will just go for the sake of going and 
it's two things. I think the, Mike Ward the, was the one that did he lose that lawsuit? I, did he it lose? keeps it keeps going up. Like he keeps appealing, and I think it's now at the Supreme Court. Like we had we had him on the show a couple times, and he always gives us updates. Uh, but yeah, it keeps. Oh wow. It keeps going up, which is which is really really crazy and weird because I've really, never met him. I I, yeah. I know he's really I know nice. Of him. Like um, mm-hmm. I know about the 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 lawsuit and the yeah. Celine Dion singing kid or whatever. Like I know, but like I yeah, yeah I'm just curious if he if he because didn't he lose and then he appealed and then blah 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 blah. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Well, he lost, then he appealed to the Supreme Court of Quebec, and then he lost that, and now he's appealing to the Supreme Court of Canada. Was the last. I remember. And yeah, it's and then, a, such a weird spot for him. Like, <laughs> no, no, especially it's like, in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's one of those things too, where it's like, yeah, it is a, it, it is a like, it's, it's absolutely an off color joke, but it also is like absolutely a joke. And the kid was there as a public figure. And like, what does that mean? It's like, you know, like if, if, if he loses completely, like, what does that mean for, any like dirty comic kind of thing, you know, like, yeah, like who who knows if then like okay, you can't say the names of anyone. Hey, it's it's very very weird, but uh, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> French French comedy, uh, or like Mike Patterson. I don't know if you know or met Mike Patterson. He had, was like I would say one of Montreal's biggest Anglo comics for the last mm-hmm. like fifteen twenty years, mm-hmm. and now that he's doing now he does now he's a bilingual comic, but he's like yeah, he's like I still draw like double to triple the numbers, no problem in French. Like just yeah, by performing the, the other language, yeah. it's, it's very, very strange. Well, not, not strange. And a big part of it is, I mean, and this is what I, what we use a lot of these, these JFL shows to try to like get the word out that comedy happens in Montreal all year round. <laughs> so it's like, if you're listening to the J, this as a JFL episode, I'm always like, yeah, like, you know, you, you were at Ness as part of the JFL, but I'm like, Ness brings in guys when, when everything is open. Every weekend, you know, like, and some of them do well, some of them don't do well, but it's like, you, I find the Anglo Montrealers get so spoiled by the festival that it's easy to forget that there's another, like, 50 weeks of comedy that's going on in the city, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, no, 100%. Like, well, because everybody always says to me, they're always like, oh, yeah, like, you know, uh, if you want to do comedy in Canada, like, at, like an outsider's opinion, I mean, not somebody that's actually in the industry, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, if you want to do comedy, like, do it in Montreal, and I'm like, well, Montreal's actually kind of a small scene, and so is... Ottawa, so is Vancouver, so is Halifax and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, and it's literally like JSL happens like for a week uh, out of the year. Uh, yeah, you're like, I can, and I can go there then for that week. <laughs> like, yeah, no, exactly. You know, it's, 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 yeah, no, totally, totally. But listen, <laughs> you said that you had questions for me. Ask me questions. I, I did, I did. It was, but this is like, yeah, this is a follow up. And I also remember the name of the last thing you were talking about was Jen Kirkman. Um, where, oh, Jen. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. I was like, she's the best. And, and also is, has not landed on the side of a weird scandal because she's the best. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> we got into having a conversation about not having kids. And right. uh, I was watching uh, one of your, uh, your 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 bits this morning about not having kids, and I was like, my favorite thing in the world is talking about not having kids. Since my wife and I <laughs> have been together for like thirteen years, and we're and it's it's great because she's half Italian, so we're continually asked when it's going to happen, and the answer is never. <laughs> so uh, I, I was just wondering, like, is that? Um, is, is, it, is it a lot of a bit? Are you are you not and having kids? Do you have like advice? Do you are you, do you like don't have children? Do you not care if people have children? Because obviously, you're, if as per the bit, 
your sister has had a bunch and you're like, yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, my sister has 47 children and, and I counting and counting and <laughs> um, she has a new GLC show coming out, but literally like <laughs> my sister has so many kids. So she has taken care of that. So thanks, Pam. Appreciate. Um, <laughs> I would never I'm too narcissistic because the only way that I could have a kid is if I knew that it was like me plus another person equals child. Mm. I could never like adopt a child because I am, again, too narcissistic. It has to be a part of me. And if it's not a part of me, but also like, why would I go out of my way when I'm (laughs) drying my tears with money? You know what I mean? Like, because when you have kids, your whole ever, like your entire life changes Everything changes, and that's not a good or a bad thing. It just it is what it is. But the yeah. thing is, is like for me, I mean, I don't know. Let's say that human evolution. If you're a gay person, human evolution. I believe it's population control. So even God was like, no kids, because we're not <laughs> biologically supposed to have them. So uh, if listen, if you're a gay person and you have a family and you're listening to this and you're offended by that, fuck a dick. But what <laughs> I'm just saying is like, you know, I personally will never have children because it's not, honestly, it's not that I don't like kids. It's not that. It's just it is so much more of an effort for someone like me to have children. And I love the fact that I there is no pressure on me to have kids. And I'm not going to because I don't <laughs> want to. I think yeah, I think that that's like a lot of you kind of hit the nail on the head for like reasons why my wife and I don't have kids, which is you're like no matter whether you want to say it's a positive or a negative, it, it undoubtedly changes your life completely. And mm-hmm. if you're happy with your life right now, like why would you take that risk? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you're just sort of like you're like oh, I'm really I'm really loving life right now. We we get to travel, we get to do what we want. We have a dog. <laughs> you know, it's just sort of like that. that oh, what kind of a dog do you have? We have a uh, King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. Uh, I don't know which, why I asked this question because now I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, so you? Just, I'm not saying you do, but uh, it's the, the the Sex and the City dog that everybody loves. The little uh, <laughs> I've never seen that show. That's a oh, no. so <laughs> no. I'm just saying, like, like I get stopped on the street and people are like, it's the Sex and the City. I've never seen it either, and I found out via people on the street telling me I have the same dog as a character in Sex and the City. So that's what I was like. Okay. Well, they're making a new movie, but one of them died or something. I can't remember. But yeah, she's like, yeah, like yeah. she's dead. She that's, the, that's what they're going with? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I like, that's know hilarious. That. They're like, where's what's her face? Dead. That's the only dialogue. <laughs> yeah, they're like, she's missing. I'm like, okay, did she die in battle? I'm not sure. Oh, I'm my not God. Sure. <laughs> It'd be super weird if that's the plot of the film is that like she's missing and now it's like they're like it's a manhunt like taken film where the rest of the girls are like <laughs> trying to find Kim Cattrall. Yeah, I, I don't do a reboot if you can't get the whole cast. HBO, what are you doing? Sure. Yeah, but they want they want they want money. So yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, obviously. And I mean, it, it's super, super bankable. But I'm like, there's. They're rebooting Gossip Girl and everything, and, and like I was like, you have enough stuff on the works. Like, don't do a reboot if you can. I, I said I don't even have strong opinions about Sex and the City. I've never. I think I maybe saw the first movie. That was it. Uh, you know, I tried to watch it. Literally, Sex and the City. But every single time I watch it, I swear to God, and I feel like everybody has a show in their life where when it's on TV or you do watch it, it's always the same episode. <laughs> that is Sex and the always, City for me. There's the yeah, one episode. It, it's this episode where she like goes to a party and then like this woman who has like kids now, like 
um, or her dog or her kid like ruined um, Sarah Jessica Parker's shoes. So then she like has to get her replacement shoes, but then the shoes are like really expensive and she's like, well, like I have kids now, I can't afford that. And she's like, well, that's how much the shoes cost. And like, <laughs> I'm not even joking. Every time, every time I see the show, it's that episode. I've seen it like 47,000 times. Wow. That's how many times I've tried to watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> Forty-seven thousand times. Yeah, I was gonna say it was like also we, at the at the top we talked about like binging shows and stuff, and that was and Sex and City like never never even got close to the radar for us to be like let's do it. Like my my wife watched it all and she I was like is it worth watching again? She's like no. She's like it's no. It, 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 it was a moment I think in in the nineties and the in the early two thousand it was a moment of empowerment and female sexuality because that didn't exist on television so it was like yeah. nice to watch but I think that. Um, maybe it hasn't aged well, you know. Yeah. Plus, I, I hate the way that of... the gay people are like treated on the show because they're all just like these boiled down, like lifting up the straight people, and they're just offensive stereotypes. And uh, anyway, I just yeah, not a fan, not a fan. Exclusively cast their shoulders to cry on and whatnot. Like yeah, <laughs> just these supporting players. It's it's yeah, it's it's annoying. It's not yeah. cute. <laughs> Yeah, I, I always kind of thought it was funny because it was like it was on around the same time as like Sopranos. So like HBO, I was like had fully like gendered their programming where you're like, are you a boy? <laughs> Sopranos. Are you a girl? Right. Sex in the City. Right. Ne'er the two shall meet. <laughs> like you're just yeah. like, yeah, one or the other. You know, like we're writing for very clear gender roles here. Um, yeah. I, so yeah, we, um, the other thing obviously we have to talk about are the are the shows you're doing. You mentioned you're doing a special recording, which is exciting. Uh, you're on <laughs> CTV comedy and crazy. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure how it's so confusing reading all the the media and the press where it's like a bunch of the stuff is going to be live streamed, but you're actually going to be here in Montreal doing mm-hmm. stuff with uh, Dave Mahesh at Astral, right? I think as of the 27th. It's going to be me and Paul Rabliakis, but uh, and Dan Smith. So uh, Dave Merhage is doing an hour special, and I'm doing a half hour special. Got it. But he's doing it on the Tuesday, but I'm doing it on the Friday and the Saturday. Okay, um, yeah, because I'm looking. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. I'm sorry, I'm looking. So yeah, Dave Merhage is Tuesday, seven nine thirty. Uh, Cobb Brownery and Paul, you did the name better than I could possibly hope. Rub. Oh, he's the best. He's literally he's this indigenous comic from uh, Winnipeg, and he like is a radio host. I think he hosts some like weird like um, I I don't know what the radio station is, but he knows so much about hip hop music. And so um, I was saying to him, I was like, Oh my god, I love Iggy Azalea. He's like, I hate you. Uh, so <laughs> Paul, Paul is the, I love 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 Paul. He's so amazing. Yeah. So so yes, your Friday Friday at seven o'clock, July thirtieth. Got it. At last route, you can buy tickets also. Which is uh, cool, <laughs> just because like there's um, like a lot of people have been asking me like there's there's the weird the new faces stuff is only with the comedy pro pass which if you have a comedy pro pass go check out the new faces stuff but like you can't actually get tickets to it I guess because it's uh, more for industry to scope out the new faces and there's attendance issues with COVID and whatever else like that but yeah you can go to your show and buy tickets to it like a real show which I think is like such a foreign groundbreaking at this point (laughs) you know (laughs) at this point where it's like yes buy tickets to my show go to last watch watch live comedy and and i guess it's also exciting for anyone who is uh like a real comedy nerd this year the amount of stuff that they have live streaming is like is crazy i was going through going through the lineup so it's like my my 
what's the word? Advice to a Just for Laughs fan is to buy tickets to the shows you can, but then watch all of the, the streaming stuff because you're going to see uh, like the Kevin Hart stuff and whatever that usually sell out instantly. And if you want to like, because it, it's, it's rough, right? Like it's like I know people who drop like hundreds of dollars a year every time Just for Laughs comes along because they buy tickets to so many things. So you're always like picking and choosing. But I was like, this year, a lot of the big names are the free stuff. So you can actually support Canadian comics that like, you know, don't. <laughs> yeah, but all the Canadians are literally like, blah, we hate Canadians. <laughs> <We're> like, <"Okay." laughs> no, that's it. I, yeah, exactly. Which I, I, I hate in general as, as, as a, as a thing where, where people are like, well, it's not a guy I haven't seen on television. I'm like, well, watch them before they get on television. Maybe, <laughs> you know, like oh, that's your word. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. So um, you've spoken for way longer than I was expecting, which was amazing. But uh, is there anything <laughs> I'm just that fun? Are, I'm that interesting. It, You're welcome. It was amazing. It was awesome. I was gonna say, is there anything else you 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 want to talk about your plug? We mentioned uh, Best Actress, the podcast. Yes. Uh, uh, anybody and, listening to this, if you like old movies or new movies, because I think I think the next episode that I have to do is new movies. But yeah, I have a podcast called Best Actress, and what we do is we go back to um, Oscar winners, lead or supporting, and then we watch the nominees and the winners' movie, and then we pick who we think should have won. Oh, and it's a comedy podcast. That's a lot. Um, that's, number that's, one that's in aggressive. Mongolia. Number one in Mongolia, number nice. one in Luxembourg, number one in uh, Portugal, number two in Canada oh. uh, for film interviews. So, you know, she's she's doing good. She's doing fine. She's doing fine. What, like, yeah, we, I forget where we, we've charted in such weird places, which, which is shocking to me. Because, like, yeah, every now and then, especially with some of the, the Just for Last stuff, other shows but yeah like you get like a notification or whatever you're like you're in charting somewhere in south america you're like neat i don't know (laughs) i know what do you do with it you're like cool gold star i'll put it on a fridge so everyone can see yeah exactly you're like what's going on uh that's a lot of work though i'm i'm i I didn't realize you watched all the films like all five it can be um exhausting but at the same time i started it um, at the beginning of the pandemic, and I had nothing but time, so it was like perfectly fine. If I'm being honest with you, now that the world is going back together, it can be a little difficult to keep up with. But what I have been doing, especially in the summer, you know, because you just want to go out, and now that we're free, um, and able we only to, have like, three months of summer anyway, so you're just like you're like I need it now. <laughs> I don't have time to sit and watch movies. Yeah, it's <laughs> gonna start I, snowing I actually, next week. But I haven't, I haven't missed. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I haven't missed uh, a, 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 like a, a release date. I haven't missed an episode. Uh, at least you're watching good movies, though. Like we do, we do a thing on one of the, we do a thing on. Well, at least, well, someone thought they were good. Like we do, we do a thing on one of the other shows where we like force someone to watch one of the worst movies ever made and then just make fun of them because they had to watch it for a while. Sure. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and and it's like it's it's difficult to if you get like right now. I haven't watched it, so we, we haven't done the segment in a while, but like they, they're making me watch Halle Berry's Catwoman. And I'm like, I just, I was like, how can I find two hours for Catwoman? Like, right, like that's, right. that's, that's, if you're watching Sharon like, Stone. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. It's like, yeah, if, if you're like, okay, this was at least an Oscar nominated movie, at some point, someone thought this was great, you know, like, so. 
the opening of my show for Best Actress is actually um, the voice of Halle Berry winning the Razzie for Catwoman. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah, so I have that to look forward to, which is something I've just, like I said, put, I'm putting off because it's the summer. I'm not going to sit indoors for two hours and, and watch Catwoman. It's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's not a great movie. Um, I watched it once and I hated it. But at the same time, um, I don't really think it was like the worst movie ever. But like, you know, it's just, uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> really yeah, wasn't. We, yeah, we've watched really, I think I think so far the worst one that we've had to watch was uh, the, or that I had to watch was uh, Leonard Part 6, the, the Bill Cosby feature film it, unwatchable like for, What's for it called? Even, Leonard, it's part Leonard part six because that's part of the joke there is no one to five <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and it was apparently like height of stardom Bill Cosby like nothing was working nothing seemed funny on set anytime anyone went for rewrites Cosby apparently just shot it down and was like trust me I know funny and it was like oh wow like complete and total hubris yeah, and it's like even even before the Cosby stuff, it was trash, like pure garbage. Wow. Like and I've and never then because I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they they actively tried to keep it from spreading. Like as soon as it like as soon as it bombed <laughs> as hard as it did, I'm sure there was like, like it was a viral stuff. infection. Like, <laughs> that's it. Like I'm sure agents and whatever else, everybody was like shutting it down, getting it out of theaters, like destroying copies of the film because he was still he was still on the Cosby Show, so he was still like a list. And they had this piece of trash like floating around in space that was awful. Like, wow, yeah, absolutely bad. If you re- if you want to, <laughs> don't I can't, I can't recommend it. But if you're like if you want to watch a like a p- purely one of the worst movies imaginable. Like, and again, like it's it's it's, it's hard to find like worst movie ever because you can watch something that like college kids made and for no budget that's terrible. But it's like this was like money, star power, everything, and it's still bad. That's uh that's that's the sweet spot. <laughs> well, there we go. Now we know. And uh, I definitely will have to check that out. But uh, <laughs> I think that in my podcast, a movie that was um, similar to that, it was this, oh my God, it was this awful, 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 awful movie. It was from like 1970. So I'm, I'm not a fan of like 1970s movies in general, uh, because I find that they're like the precursor to modern film. So when you watch a 70s movie, it's sort of like... Um, a oh this is where it all began but we've done it so much better since yeah it's how i describe 70s movies and there was this movie oh my god it was like because back in the 70s like best was like this season's must have like it was really gross and like acceptable and like but there was this movie oh my gosh i can't even remember what it was called it was from like 1977 and it was so so bad. Oh gosh, I can't even remember what it was called, but yeah, no. And you're watching it and it was supposed to be serious, but it was awful and it was Oscar nominated. Just so bad. So bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking I, a lot of... I just Googled nineteen seventy seven incest movie Oscars and it, <laughs> <laughs> I think that you Was were... it Angela? With mm-hmm. Sophia Loren? Uh, oh God, no, poor girl. I feel bad for <laughs> Sophia Loren. No, it was like it was a supporting role that she was nominated for. And um, it was the year, uh, oh God, what was the year? I can't even remember. But anyway, this was in the 70s. It was so bad, so bad. And I had to sit through this movie and I remember just being like, this is a punishment. 
I did something in my life and now I'm being punished <laughs> to have to watch this movie. But it actually is like kind of hilariously bad. You know what I mean? Okay. Where like it was entertaining to watch. Oh, I can't even remember what it was called. But anyway, it was the only yeah. one I found was Peyton Place, but that was fifties. It was like implied incest. Yeah. Because it wasn't like incest incest, but it was like, yeah. This also seems awful, incidentally. Sorry. Peyton Place, 1957, was touching on incest, rape, teen pregnancy, abortion, adultery, and suicide in a small, rotten New England town. <laughs> That's like... That's how I watched that. That sounds interesting. <laughs> I'll watch that. <laughs> and it's the 50s, so like, who knows how they're handling any of that. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so that's that. That's gonna be my next episode. Well, actually, yeah. But listen, whenever on my my podcast, best actors, the the episodes that are more popular are episodes that I would never think. So, my my number one most popular episode is the Marion Cotillard year when she won for La Vie en Rose. But if you're oh. French, it's La Mum. But uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, in North America, it was La Vie en Rose, and literally like uh, it, Marion Cotillard my number one episode. I have no idea why, but yeah, people yeah. love Marianne Cotillard. Love, love, love. That's amazing. I, 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 that's, that's also one of the fun parts about podcasting is you never really know where, which episode's going to, going to bust out or whatever. I mean, like we, yeah, yeah. like we do, we do um, an annual uh, at Christmas time. We do like a shit show, which is just like, we set up a couple mics and we're like, usually myself and like, between five and ten comedians, just kind of like progressively getting more drunk, and it's like the audio is like unusable. <laughs> the audio is unusable, basically, but we post it up, and it always like goes like gangbusters. People are like, "It's like listening to a party," and I'm like, hey, "This is nothing." I'm like, "It's, it's sure. like five people talking at once and like lost trains of thoughts and everything." With people are like, "It's the greatest." I was like, "You know, I could do this every week. It's no effort whatsoever." <laughs> Like, 100%. <laughs> but yeah, they, I think, I think it does well because we only do it once a year. So everyone's like, hooray, it's the thing. <laughs> I want anyway. to do a special on my podcast. I want to do a Titanic special where I just talk about Titanic for an hour and a half. I'm not even joking. I am literally obsessed with this movie. I have watched this movie so many times. Wow. And let's, let's bring it right back home because I will be talking about it in my special Ooh. is how obsessed with it I am. I am obsessed with this movie. Did you watch the, uh, the Disney plus documentary thing on it? Of Titanic? Yeah. They, it's there. There's a whole, like it, it's done via national geographic, but it's like, it's with James Cameron when he like gets on the submarine to like go see the Titanic. And they talk about like, Oh, they have like the, the underwater submarine footage of rooms that they then used for set design. Uh, I mean, I went to the Titanic Museum in Northern Ireland, which Northern Ireland and Ireland are two different countries. So I call Northern Ireland Diet Ireland. Ooh. And then there's like Ireland, Ireland, because my boyfriend is from Ireland, Ireland. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got him at the docks. I ordered him online. Okay, this is the movie. <laughs> it's Once is Not Enough. And the Oscar nominee is Brenda Vaccaro, but the movie is called Once Is Not Enough and Honey, Once Is Plenty. Okay? <laughs> it is so bad. It is so bad. But check out Once Is Not Enough. That's the movie. I had to find it. Now I got it. Once Is Not Enough. Wow. It's so bad, but it's like hilariously bad. Like, it's actually like laugh out loud funny, but it's not supposed to be kind of situation. I will have to check that out. 
I, and on, honestly, like I said, it's, we, we don't go often enough into the like 60s or 70s. Oh, wow. It's not, it was a 4.6 on 10 on IMDb and somehow mm. got Oscar. What is this? Just Brenda Vaccaro <laughs> because her performance is, is very, is actually, it's one of those things where she got nominated and you're like, honestly, fair because her performance is actually really good. And I think for that episode, it was Lee Grant who won for the movie Shampoo. Um, I actually would have picked uh, Brenda Vaccaro. She won the Golden Globe, but I don't think that she won the Oscar because I think that everybody was like, this movie is trash. It's so bad. We cannot give this woman an Oscar, even though she's giving an Oscar-winning performance. It, it, her Brenda Vaccaro in the movie is amazing. She was my pick to win, but literally, like, yeah, the movie is so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm just I'm looking at the movie poster now. That's that's it's insanity. <laughs> it's very incesty and it's very weird. And um, if you listen to anybody listening, if you want to uh, listen to uh, the Lee Grant episode of my uh, Best Actress podcast, and uh, yeah, I selected episode twenty nine. Episode twenty nine. There you go. I mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we we it it was somewhat recent. So yeah, no, check it out. But anyway. Uh, if you want my thoughts on this film, just listen <laughs> to that episode. It's pretty, pretty bad. That's crazy. Uh, Kyle, thanks so much uh, for for doing this. This was a, a great chat. I we could go forever, probably talking about bad movies. <laughs> um, Thank you for and, having me. Uh, like I said, huge pleasure. Um, check you out July thirtieth at Last Trial, seven p.m. and um, July thirty first. Yeah, at 10 p.m. At 10 p.m. And yeah, the 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 lineups are it's great. Like I'm just saying, like looking at you, there, there's the on the Canada Night in Comedy, Ali Hassan, Arthur Simeon, Brittany Lissang, Derek Sagan, Courtney Gilmore, of course Kyle Brownrigg, and Sterling Scott. That's a yeah, uh, Comedy Night in Canada. That I uh, frankly I don't understand how that works because we're recording it on Wednesday, but then it's like video on demand on Friday, and I think yeah. that that's free that anybody can watch. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the uh, one of the streams that's gonna that's gonna happen online. And so uh, it says yeah, available to watch as of July thirtieth, but it's filmed in front of a live audience, and that I understand. From what I understand, you can't buy tickets to that one, but that's one of the ones that you can definitely check out for free. Yeah, I think it's sold out or something. I'm not sure, but yeah. No. Yeah, it's it's it, it, the the stuff that's going online. It's like it's it's really weird on how ticketing and who can go and who can not go. It's a it's a thing. But there are tickets available on uh, why did I just blank on the thing? Also July 30th. <laughs> Actually, yeah. So if you want to make, you could do a Kyle Brownrigg day of it. You could watch. You could watch Ooh. the comedy night in Canada like at home. If, on July 30th, and then head to Last Trial at like 7 p.m. for uh, for the like the live experience. There you go. So, Two birds. July 30th, Kyle <laughs> Brownrigg Day. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, Kyle, for doing this. It was great. But it was nice talking to you, Keith. Have a good night. Day. You too. Have a good one. <laughs> what time Bye. is it? <laughs> Bye. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs> Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um, thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a 
budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street, uh, we really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself. They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal or uh, just people that have stuff to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a, it's a fun show. We, we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over 200 episodes, and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show at all, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way. It really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part. We're really not trying to make a profit on this. Um, and also, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show, you can uh, contact us either on Facebook or on Twitter. There's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and uh, plugs something. A uh, big thank you, as always, to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude, who provided our theme songs. And, of course, a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show. Uh, Walter J. Ling, who is technically retired, but still sometimes hosts. Uh, Christopher Vendito, Lawrence Korber, and uh, Ines Anaya uh, all, are all amazing co-hosts, and you should support them and their comedy and uh, and all of that. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for choosing Go Plug Yourself uh, as one of your From the Millions of Podcasts and have a beautiful day. Thank you. 905.cc Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.